Hey guys, welcome to PT Stacks Podcast. This is Casey, your host. And if you're tuning in for the very first time, for one, welcome. For two, what you need to know about this podcast is it's meant for physical therapists who are looking to grow your fundamentals, but in bite-sized segments of time. Now, today we're going to be talking about elbow and more specifically UCL insufficiency, UCL as an ulnar collateral ligament. And especially in the context of overhead athletes, baseball players, I think pitchers, right? I'm going to briefly cover a little bit of anatomy and then we'll go into more today on the examination of an athlete who may have this. So, who gets it, what their history kind of sounds like, differentials to think about, and then what you would look at in an objective exam. So not really going over surgeries or treatment today, right? But in the elbow, you know, I'm not going to go over the basics like, hey, you have an ulnar bone, but you do have three joints, your bony stabilizers. There's the ulnar humeral joint, which is a uniaxial ganglioid joint. You have two trochoid or pivoted joints, which are your radiocapitellar joint and your proximal radial ulnar joint. Okay. So besides the joints, we also have in general an elbow, your lateral ulnar collateral ligament, your medial collateral ligament, or your ulnar collateral ligament. Medial ulnar, it's the same thing in the same location, right? Now in your UCL, your ulnar, ulnar collateral ligament, you have three bands. You have your anterior band, posterior band, and a transverse band. The strongest band is going to be your anterior band, which is basically the main constraint to elbow valgus instability. This is the biggest one that we look at. It's going to be tight from 30 to 90 degrees of elbow flexion. Your posterior band is going to be more so a stabilizer between 90 to 100 degrees of elbow flexion. Transverse, we don't really talk about as much. Now, when your elbow is fully extended, your UCL, your joint surface, and your anterior capsule are all going to help provide stability. So um, it's something that is used in certain diagnostic tests later on to help just check the difference, right? And then don't forget that you have your extensor and flexor muscle mass. So on the medial side, specifically since we're talking about UCL, the muscles that are in the area, you have your flexor carpi ulnaris, flexor carpi radialis, flexor digitorum superficialis, and pronator teres. And don't forget the joint capsule. So I mentioned already who gets this. In, in the context of this episode, we're going to be talking more so about overhead throwers, especially pitchers, because this is where we have most of our research on, where we see it the most often. And that's primarily because Think about how many times pitchers throw in a game. And this injury in particular is associated with repetitive valgus stress that builds up over a long amount of time. And so you'll typically hear these athletes say, hey, it happened with a gradual onset that it got worse with throwing, or maybe they had pain after an episode throwing where they just like, couldn't throw at their max effort. Their level of ability declined or slowly declining. They lost velocity or stamina, something like that. So, and if it even turned into something that was traumatic where they actually tore it completely, they may even hear or feel a pop in their 
medial elbow region. Location is big, so they, they should have medial elbow pain if we're concerned about this. If it's lateral or somewhere else, maybe look into some other differentials. But some questions that you might want to ask when they are talking about their history or, hey, like, what's your level of participation? How much are they throwing in a year? And what is the number of pitches that they throw typically? What phase of throwing do they feel their pain? Because a lot of time the pain with this specific diagnosis is thought to occur more with caulking or late caulking phases to acceleration phases. So use that as a tool to help differentiate what exactly is going on. Um, They may even have numbness or tingling in the ulnar distribution because guess what? The ulnar nerve is right there around the medial elbow. So chronic medial elbow pain is often associated with ulnar neuropathy. Maybe something that you might want to treat. Now, let's say you're going through the exam, they're they're telling their story, right? Um, Whether you're in the training room or in a clinic, your differentials that you might want to look at and Some of these might be lower on your list than others. might be medial tendinopathy, posterior medial impingement, otherwise known as valgus extension overload syndrome. They might have radiocapitellar overload syndrome, OA, or ulnar neuritis. So when you are taking a look at them and you're trying to get more objective information, you will want to palpate specifically more so two centimeters distal from the medial epicondyle where the ulnar insertion is. The patient themselves, when you're checking, you know, your range of motion, like the basics of your clinical exam, may tell you, I feel more unstable with my arm like this, like in pronation rather than in supination. Because in pronation, the lateral structures are going to be more tense, and then the medial muscles might be helping to provide a little bit more stability to the elbow joint. Some of the special tests that you'll hear of are your valgus stress test, your milking maneuver, your moving valgus stress test. And so your valgus stress test is basically where the elbow's in full extension versus flex, like between 5 to 30 degrees. So this is where, remember I was telling you what structures are all tight when the elbow's in full extension. We're just trying to see if they feel more laxity and you're trying to feel side to side. So the forearm is pronated and and you're comparing side to side. This is more so quoted better for insufficiency of the anterior band, um, but there's not really any sensitivity or specificity that is reported really. You also have your milking maneuver, which is where the PT puts the arm that we're looking at, the shoulder in external rotation and humoral adduction. A deduction, right? And then the elbow is flexed to 70 degrees while the PT adds a valgus force. So it's positive that they have medial elbow pain. It's not really quite as accurate. Also, don't really have any specificity or sensitivity that is reported. So last but not least is your moving valgus stress test. In this one, the patient's sitting upright, just like the milking maneuver, they're sitting upright. And however, their shoulder is abducted to 90 degrees, the elbow is maximally flexed, and then the PT is going to add a, a modest valgus torque on the shoulder until they reach their limit of external rotation on the shoulder and the elbow is extended to 30 degrees of flexion. So this is kind of the test of choice. Its sensitivity is one, 
and specificity of 0.75. So pretty decent. I would encourage you to, there's some great resources if you Google these tests. If you're more of a visual person, definitely take a look at that later. Now, other additional tests that might be done are, of course, imaging. They might get an MRI, an ultrasound, or an MRA. An MRA is going to have the highest sensitivity and specificity. X-rays are done too, but, you know, we don't see soft tissue on that, so it's not always quite as helpful, right? And then in terms of treatment, I'll just briefly say most of these patients, unless it's like really bad, are probably going to try conservative therapy first if it's just insufficiency. They may go on to do surgery for the classic like Tommy John surgery, which there's there's several different ways that they actually perform this surgery. But for the purpose of this episode... What you should know is is more of, hey, what exactly is the UCL? What is it made of? How is it involved with overhead throwing? And how do I assess someone who is an overhead athlete for this condition? So if you have any questions, please reach me at ptsnackspodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at pt underscore snacks. I love hearing from you guys. It's super awesome. And I'm also, I want to make sure that this is actually helpful for you guys. Um, if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And then if you need some CEUs, maybe it's time for your license renewal. Check out the link below. Um, MedBridge is offering PT Snacks listeners like 40% off for an entire year, which is an amazing deal. I use this program every day myself because there's like, thousands of CEU courses, there's webinars, there's even patient home exercise programs that you can give to your patients with videos and like you can specify how many reps, how many times a day to do these things. So definitely check it out. And if you're not interested, you don't need it. Cool. Just move on. But that's it for today, guys. And until next time.